Everyone, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all the listeners, the viewers, and of course the patrons out there. The team here at Vector Sigma hopes that we can bring a little levity and a distraction from the weight of the real world. Time is always precious, but that has become even more obvious now. We want to say that we really do appreciate everyone out there that's spending their time with us. Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and we're covering battle cards today because we have the full set. We've been doing this weird thing where we've been messing around with it offline via playing some webcam games, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, so we have a little bit extra context, like we were talking about last week, as to what we normally have going into a set, wouldn't you say, Scott? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it it changes. I mean, we, oh god. Yeah, we've had a chance to play with a bunch of them. Um so I mean, we can see really what the power level is. Absolutely. On um uh, on a few of them. Yeah, they as you can see from the list over on that side, that side maybe. I'm not sure. I'm I, following. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to watch it on the stream yeah, too, yeah, but it's well, delayed. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um and because the setup changed now that we have you on camera, uh mm -hmm. we I think a lot of them are kind of what people would have predicted. You know, like if we, if somebody yesterday or we asked somebody yesterday, hey, pick out the Vector Sigma top 10 battle cards. I think they probably guess these, maybe even in this order, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah, the, the one caveat I want to say up front is that like, as it stands right now, and this is going to seem odd, excuse me, but I was thinking about this earlier. Hmm. I think that even though they're, it's not number one on our list and we can, I'm not going to give it away, but like it, we'll get to it when we get to it. Like, I think that there's two cards that will see ubiquitous play. I don't think the set's battle cards are, I don't think there's a javelin and a sabotage armaments, for example. I don't think there's, yeah. you know, a piece of tyranny, security checkpoint, energon axe, insert matrix, insert wave one insane battle cards here. I don't think mm -hmm. there's, Reckless charges, etc. I don't think a lot of these cards on here are ubiquitous. I don't think that they're going to show up in every single deck that can run them. But I do think that they are. I think there's two that we'll see kind of universal play, and they're actually not number one on our list because I think I think the way that I we tried to go about this was the the battle cards on here are powerful, extremely powerful in the decks that they're powerful in and have very powerful effects when they happen. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to jump through too many hoops for the ones that seem like they might have hoops to jump through, but they're not jam them into every single deck, but they are very powerful when you are able to play them. So I, I guess it's a little bit of a caveat. Like I don't think that these will necessarily all see tremendous play, but when they do um, in the right decks, they'll be very powerful. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's it's a good thing, as we've said mm -hmm. many times before, that, okay, wave one is wave one. Like, the game has to get laid out. It's important to be able to move to these uniquely powerful cards as opposed to universally powerful cards because then it just adds variation to the gameplay, adds variation to deck building, etc. Uh, right. So it it's a positive thing, which 
I only harp on it simply because we do have a lot of people that both obviously our listeners are competitive minded, but this they may have gotten into the competitive end and not have a whole lot of card gaming background and go, well, why is that necessarily a good thing if we only care about the power level sort of thing? We wouldn't right. we always want super powerful cards that are powerful everywhere. It There's something to be said for making sure that it's uh, mentally stimulating as well, I guess, rather than oh, just yeah, jamming yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So Yeah, I just think, I, I just, yeah, I just think that the, I think this set was, I think overall the set is a little bit more like, thinking man than i think a lot of the other sets have been right oh god (laughs) sorry not my camera (laughs) look man there's been some weird weather an earthquake would not be out of the question at this stage yeah yeah, right uh but anyway so let's get into it like last week we wanted to throw out a handful of honorable mentions they're just going to kind of rotate here so one of them was escape capsule which it's going to find uses outside of even the things that it's obviously intended to be used with, which is clearly Titan Masters. Um, the thing is, is that, I mean, we've already seen from the past meta, the orange black decks that just were looking like this is better than, Im- well, there are scenarios where Immersion <laughs> Shadow or some of those other random cards will have playability. Don't get me wrong. Like the, there's, there is a scenario, but... It's better than opportunity repairs that you can't even play. Well, yes, that's a better <laughs> example. I'm, I was trying to think, I'm like, this yeah. is not the one I'm trying to say, but I can't think of the yeah. card. That's It's yeah. better than opportunity repairs. So, yeah. at least it it's does It's better than Combat something. Dagger, to be honest with you. Well, maybe not, I don't know. It depends, yeah. It's another one, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, there are, there are scenarios where one might be better over the other. Um, but the point is, is that it it's playable outside of even the decks where it would be focused because they just care about the pips and it's an important pip combination. But you've seemingly have had some success with this. And I, uh, I think Stefan was also talking about playing it in a bunch of things. So tell us a little bit about why escape capsules are right on the bubble for this list. Um, well, this is the, cla- this is one of the classic examples of like not going to be able to see play in decks that obviously aren't t- Titan masters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a theme I think that has, and I'm not, I mean, we, we can talk about themes later, but like, I, I think, I think with the black pip, we've gone from, it has a serious downside cost to the power level of the cards that it's attached to in um, Siege 1 to here's a bunch of double black cards that still aren't really playable but like at least they have two they, pips on them so. they tried <laughs> <laughs> um so like here's here's a way that if you flip them that you're actually guaranteed to do decent amount of damage so we have to actually you know especially if you start out with pierce so we have to make that worse and then i, I feel like in this set we're actually at a point where it's like i know the cards are perfectly fine and the black yes. is kind of just added to them as an extra like whatever mm-hmm. um and and like we can talk about this later, but like, and ironically, like, as the black pips go up, the green pips go down. <laughs> like, yeah. to be honest with you, like, and I, and that, I think that's on purpose. I think, I think, I think one started at a power level of here, one started at a power level of here, and they're they're moving in the right direction now that exactly. they understand like what the extra added benefit of having these in your deck or in play are. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Like this to me is a perfectly playable card in the right archetype with good pips on it. And what I like about it is even though a lot of aggro like weapons and armor may not you may not care if they stick around like grenade launchers, javelins, things like that. Playing with this card actually allows you to like play a one of scoundrels blaster or backup beam or something like that so that it carries over to the Titan Master. Mm. And then you save yourself from having to hold cars in your hand at a time of the game where you may not have cars in your hand. Yeah. So, you know, and it just gives the guy a free plus one. Right. So, like, it's not terrible. It's, and it's obviously, and the, any other situation is obviously it's very good in, like, Fortress Maximus. Like, it's a guaranteed play. There. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think for Titan Master Aggro decks and Fortress Maximus, who I think is not an aggro deck but needs these color pips, I think this is an auto-include. So I do think you'll see this card at a, at a decent clip in, in those kind of decks. Absolutely makes sense. And I agree with everything you said. It's it's subtly going to sneak into things, I think. Or it, I, I get the feeling in a few weeks, a few months, I'm going to say, I'm surprised at how much I've seen Escape Capsule because it just seems sort of innocuous, I guess. But mm-hmm. it, it does have an impact. And like you said, it, it's not providing negative stats or something or, or literally right. no stats or just literally the pips and no card text, etc. It does, it may not be hugely splashy like a grenade launcher or something else that we've seen before, but it does provide you something, which given that it's, it's just a bunch of little things added up it, is what it feels like to me. It's also a colored black upgrade, which is hard to find. It's mm. not like combat dagger or immersive shadows. Um, it, which, it's which a reasonable for, one to play. <laughs> yeah, I guess. which has value for which has a lot of value for horrible. Yeah, because it basically allows you to get like that second black card play in the turn, mm-hmm. um, which has become like kind of difficult unless you're playing like straight black weapons. Right. So. Yeah. It. It. You definitely have to do a very delicate dance to be able to make that happen with horrible. Yeah. Um, the other one that I threw up here was hold the line. Uh, that. I'll be honest, I've been avoiding putting it into a lot of decks just to kind of get a sense of, okay, well, here are the numbers we're looking at, here are the, uh, from an attack perspective from an orange deck, here are the numbers we're looking at from an attack perspective from a blue deck, etc. Given that pip combinations seem to be a little all over the place for a lot of builds compared to before, where it's, all right, I'm in this blue silo or I'm in this orange silo, I, I expect it'll still show up as we continue to move forward. But like you said, a lot of these cards are all contingent on both the origin deck, as well as what the remainder of the meta is going to provide for us. Uh, The one thing I will say is that I do think this will show up as a one of, in a lot of lists. Um, Mm. But um, it's, it's not as powerful as, I, we once assumed it was because I actually have seen where the traditional three wide deck, as long as it involves Titan Masters, is not really a three wide deck anyway. And so that's where a lot of those decks are leaning. So you don't really care about those guys being like the damage being reduced from like 10 to 5 against a 5 drop because you have an out to where you get a secondary character. Yeah, you're reducing it from 12 to 10 <laughs> or right. something like that. Right, and and so and then against those decks, like like against the Fangry, for example, like who's like you know four Pierce three usually like like so like 
if, if you flipped all orange or something like that, it's like nine to 10 and you're going to seven, like that's not irrelevant. I mean, I guess that's the equivalent of like, you know, a hidden fortification three flipping three blues. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess you can look at it in that situation, but I, but it's not as, it's not as universal as I thought it was. What I, what I do like about it is it's an, it's a green white secret action. So yes. like for decks that actually want to always have a secret action, like I've heard there's a few of those. There. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple it's of those always there. So um, that's probably the best part about it, which is why mm-hmm. I think that it will probably see a decent amount of play just for that reason. Um, but it's not its power level is not on the same level as the rest of the cards here. Although yes, and then the repair thing, like I've never really had it happen where I cared, but I think there might be decks that do. So that's another situation where it might it might. It's yeah, like randomly decent there too. So right, I mean, we'll see going forward. I agree with you. It's it's going to be conditional, and that's part of the reason why I've been playing around without it intentionally. Like I said, just to try and scope the the damage range for a lot of these things. Right. To your point, it definitely makes sense that as decks get taller, this loses a lot of value. Uh, but it's also something that for an, another topic, another day that. As the metas shift with each set, as cards are seeded in recent sets for future ones, we'll see if that changes. But yeah, uh, were there any others? Those are the two that I included here. But was there anything else off the top of your head that would get honorable mention status, Scott? Uh, is the triple one on my list now, or did we put that in honorable mention? That that, is, that squeaked it in at number ten. <laughs> okay, so um, the one that I, that, that I actually. And I don't know if we can we can probably save this for later, but like um, mission briefing is actually, and I, I kind of didn't think this card was very good when it was first mm-hmm. um, revealed. But if you can use it in a deck where it basically just becomes a green white pep talk, mm-hmm. it's actually fine, especially in an aggro deck. Yeah. Um, so that's another one that may show up as a one of. I, I think that this more speaks to the power of like green pips in general that have playability to them. Um, so because yeah. it is that, I think it's, uh, potentially playable. Um, otherwise, like I think most, most of the cards I've been playing or trying to put in decks are like, there's a lot of cards that I wind up cutting. Like if you, if you watch me for the first like 15 minutes last night, like build my deck, like <laughs> yeah. I had a lot more cards that were like in a pile that I could play, like concealing contrails and things like that, that I think mm-hmm. in the end just didn't make the cut. Right. Um, so um, I guess that 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 that's uh, and then we could talk about this when we do an overall set evaluation. But but a lot of those pips, those like faction pips or whatever, a lot of those, I think I've kind of left on the cutting room floor for now. So yeah, a lot of them, and it seems like a. I agree. This is a much larger topic, so I won't dwell yeah. on it. But it's a lot of them definitely feel. As opposed to green pips, which seem to immediately have obvious value, and they were playing around with seemingly the value of green pips, like to your earlier point, even through now, a lot of the tribal pips feel a little underpowered, almost intentionally, so that, you know, well, we can, it's one of those, you know, you don't give somebody a toy and then take it away. It's like, oh, well, here's an okay toy. Oh, you liked that thing. All right, here's a better toy, you know, like yeah. a future set. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's actually the case. Hopefully we can uh, speak with some of the Watsi team at some point to pick their brains as to, okay, did 
what were you targeting with these? How are you valuing them sort of thing? Um, should we expect to see that there's going to be explosion in power level going forward? But we'll see. Yeah, like a lot of them, and we there's a couple on the list, So, but, mm-hmm. but the rest of them I think are just not, their power level isn't significantly better than another card that's, that has a universal pip on the list. Yes. Uh, so like, you uh, know, is hand-to-hand combat really that much? Is 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 it even arguably better than than Leap into Battle? Like, you know, yeah. So like, it's things like that. So it's uh, yeah. That that's a really good example that it just doesn't quite. At least right now, it doesn't feel like it cuts it, and maybe it will down the line, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into the cards that were actually on the list. At, coming in at number ten uh, is Master of Metallicato. So everybody's probably very familiar with this card at this stage, but. Scott, you had mentioned that you've been, and we've seen, <laughs> various team members shoehorning it. Well, shoehorning sounds wrong, but including it in a lot of deck lists. Has it, mm-hmm. it's obviously been meeting your expectations, but do you expect that it, like, it, did it falter from where you originally thought it was compared to now, or is it exceeding your old expectations? It's a little worse than I thought it was initially, because I think that... Mm-hmm. You really should want to play them, like you really should want to play a full play set of them to allow you to flip one while you're using another one. Right, right. Um, the, I mean, because I tend to build a lot of range decks. Um, like the worst pip on it is is what's active most of the time. That may have been which, intentional, <laughs> which is a problem. Um, and I, I think is like. It's usually like a plus two, right? Or it's like a plus three. But again, it's a hoop you have to jump through to get to there. Yeah. And so, like, the only way to really make it a consistent plus four is to either, like, have have a bold weapon or a bold enabler on it and then be playing, like, a, a decent amount of whites in your deck or a decent amount of green Xs in your deck and black X in your deck. So, like, I think there's a way to make it work. Um, I just don't know unless you have a way to combo like it's a black card for horrible or like it's a it it's you know it's Metroplex like you know it's yeah Fortress Maximus mm-hmm. um it's and that's where to, I think that oh god that's where it's on that's that's why it's here is because of those situations where it's a definite play me um you know like. In Galaxy Prime, you know, it's a definite probably like a one of or something like that. And and in, in certain builds, I think like it fits a lot of the need for I have to meet certain color conditions. And so mm. I just feel like it'll see a lot of play, but like it's its power level as a card and even as a flipped card are not in like the combat pips or the combat ability. It's it's in the card text. Yeah, just a bunch of big like a bunch of colored blank pips, if that makes any sense. Like, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it, well, like where I was going to uh, interject earlier was that mm-hmm. your deck, if I'm hearing you correctly, and this was kind of mm-hmm. where I was coming at it, is the deck has to start out needing the multi pips as opposed to mm-hmm. I have a deck. Let me see if I can modify it to include multi pips to accomplish something with Master of Metallicato. Right. Right. Uh, That's exactly right. Which. To anybody out there listening or watching, that those may sound very similar, uh, but there is a, a significant difference between like Fortress Max. You must have this stuff versus 
other things where it would be a nice to have, and then you're diluting everything in order to to try and get, jump through the hoops. Right. Um, it, any other situation, there's always a better card. Yeah. Like, you know, even at a plus four, mm-hmm. you could just play Reckless Charge. So, you know, like, yeah. so... With you need to have a combo with yeah. these specific colors that you're not getting them in more efficient ways. Yep. I will give it a special shout out because it has Bludgeon, who's which yeah. obviously, but uh, the reason I bring him up is I've been playing a lot of Transformers Forge to Fight lately. Uh, the the mobile fighting game. <laughs> That's and the fighting one, not the the base the, thing, not the base, not yeah, or Although, or yeah, correct. Although you, so I recently discovered because I just started getting back into it that you can do like an auto play thing, like you don't literally mm-hmm. have to do the fighting game part if you don't want. I like to, but you don't have to. Uh, but Bludgeon is my only five-star guy, so I just randomly got him a while ago. Um, there you go. So he's carrying my team at the moment. Is but he anyway. still good, or is he uh, outdated at this point? I, honestly, he still seems fine, but it you know it's every other mobile game. You're playing against yeah. AI, not a human. Although, technically, when you fight, like you're fighting the other human's team, but it's not the human controlling it. Uh, my th- this is real time PvP in this game. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's real time. Well, is it? No, I don't know. It's true real time. This is, is it really? Real time. Okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. Well, I see. It, it, it won't won't find you an opponent unless they're there. So interesting. Okay, yeah, you yeah. definitely get added to like a pool where mm-hmm. once you compete in certain things, then yeah, that's typical. Somebody, yeah, like the normal thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I wish. Not to digress, but I really wish they would have a Transformers actual fighting game. But anyway, we'll move on from there because I'll I'll talk about that. They used to have good Transformers gotcha games, but they were basically Asian only, and it really didn't hurt. It really hurt the product, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's a lot. I just wish there were more Transformers video games across various genres. But Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? So moving from Master Metallicato, let's talk about Nitro Booster, which is something that I was very excited about initially, uh, and I've. I ended up building a whole bunch of things that don't really leverage it in any way. So have like have you actually tried anything with this, Scott, or is this something you're seeing potential in? No, this is just because to me, this is one of the ones where I think the deck revolves around the battle card, which I guess Metallicato is the same argument. Um sort of, yeah. But but I think you have to build the deck to accom- uh, you know, like accommodate this. Um I haven't built like, you know, Lionizer Demolisher X with this card. I haven't built like cars decks that feature mm-hmm. Prowl from Wave One with this card, you know, like think it's the bolt two and like it's basically in bolt decks and small little cars or That's small the, little cards. This really wants a bold deck because then it's okay, well my my attack value's pumping after I've already gotten the value. Yeah. Um I mean, I do like it in the when we were talking about earlier the uh, the orange black deck. So that Lionizer Demolisher X Y build mm-hmm. clearly is going to be looking at this card. It's cute to well, it's better than cute to have the untap abilities. We were talking about it offline the other day um, in Discord that you know you get this and ready for action and hypothetically other things, and it's like okay, I'm cars without being cars. <laughs> Yeah, and it's car stamped, so it's interesting. Yeah. But um, well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Have you not actually tried it at all, like with anything? No, I can't. So similar to your uh, comments earlier about the honorable mention. So when I was messing around with the Cosmos builds and things mm. like that, it fell by the wayside before. But now the tripwires a thing, and I'm 
leaning back into, say, Lionizer Demolisher, it may come back there to make make life easier kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I can guarantee because now I'm flipping probably eight cards. Um, well, he can attack twice too, right? Yes. Uh, it just mm -hmm. depends on... So you can do cute things like, oh, I'll get in with Cosmos. Everything is still removed. Oh, you're tapped out. I'll kill that guy and kill that guy. Mm-hmm. It, depending on how the reshuffle works, you know, like you'd have to mm -hmm. flip a, a bazillion cards or have them all in your hand or whatever. Like the scenario is possible, but probably exceptionally improbable. Um, but you can, you can use it on him though, so he can get to oh, attack. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So if the first attack doesn't get there, you know, you yeah. flip four cards, there's one left. All right, I'll get in again. That's the more likely yeah. one. Um, other than that, a lot of the the builds I've been focusing on just don't have a character to leverage because it feels like this is expressly designed for the demolishers and the lionizers of the world yeah the only other one i think has value i mean the two that i think have the most value are also beyond beyond those are again cars decks using that prowl even though he can only use it himself in the car mode mm. uh, which is fine i mean that's when you get the pip and then if rc is still a thing mm. um from an aggressive deck perspective and obviously like Flame War and Night Tracer can always use it. But I just don't yeah. think you're getting a whole lot of value out of it. So I mean, the cute thing, I, I, I keep saying cute, but it, it doesn't really have a better moniker, is mm -hmm. Blur. Because Blur, I'm pretty yeah. sure off the top of my head, is three. And he was one of the other guys I was thinking about when this was first revealed, is that, okay, maybe you blur somebody twice with bold 50,000 and get there. Or you can build it blue-black now, hypothetically. I don't know. Do you get the second attack... The first time, even though, but you get both attacks both times, right? You still get to attack a guy in the back row. So you end up him. getting four attacks, is what you're asking, I think. Assuming I, they have an untapped guy every time. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I would think so because he just it, it, and I don't have blur on hand, but he mm -hmm. does. I don't think he references anything about you know. Well, actually, he tapped or anything. So I'm pretty sure he, as part of his text, he untaps and then gets to attack. I'm going to have to check that. Maybe chat will double okay. check us as we keep moving on. So maybe Blur isn't mm -hmm. a great idea, but that was one of the other things that had come to mind initially is to try and do something there. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a card that I think is in search of a home. I'm just not sure what that home is yet. Yeah, I just think if it's found, it's going to be a build around, which I wanted to try oh, yeah. to include some cards I think are... Yeah, it's going to be the... That are build around. It's definitely going to be a cornerstone whenever that, that list is found, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about Precision Fire next. So it's one of multiple orange-black cards that we're going to be discussing tonight. And it, this is another one that I think is going to be subtly powerful and definitely, speaking of build-arounds, forces specific configurations from your character lineup, which is... I know that when we've talked to Watsi reps before, they have indicated that they want the the characters to drive the deck as opposed to the deck drive the characters in more scenarios mm. than not because, you know, it's Transformers and everybody is excited about whoever their favorite Transformer is getting to be a card. A lot of these cards seem to push you in specific directions. This one especially because you want to have a uniform set of modes if you can help it or specific combiners or or whatever to try and one-up your opponent on the symmetry. Yeah. Um, 
this card is also powerful because of its redundant pips with other orange blacks. Um, honestly, I think most games, if you don't draw it early, it's just going to be like a zap, basically, like like an orange black zap, which is fine. It, 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 doesn't, yeah. have a, it doesn't have the the conditions like a rock toss does. Yes. Um, so I, I think, like you said, you have to make use of not taking, unlike a card that's higher, which I do think is more universally powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, to make this effective, I think you have to take less damage yourself. So you have to try to make it into a strafing run as best as possible, if, if, if that is possible, or be willing to, you know, accept that your guys are going to take a damage. Um, but again, it, it just has a lot of synergy with other cards that are in the set. So like mm-hmm. that's why it's on here. Um, but I, I don't think it's nearly as powerful as a card that's much higher. Right. Well, um, at a certain point, it's also, look, it's a playable orange-black card. And that, yeah, yeah. that is very much a thing, whether you're looking at horrible or you're looking at just, I mean, not to beat the dead horse, but the, the lionizer demolisher thing. If you're going that mm-hmm. route, not necessarily with those characters, and I, this is more general, not directed at you, yeah. Scott, but because mm-hmm. uh, Scott wouldn't be caught dead playing an orange deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're if you're leaning that route where you you accept that, okay, well, I need to hit a certain threshold, you're definitely going to be including this in some capacity mm-hmm. because it's playable enough to justify it, I think. But I agree that it's often been a zap more than a strafing run. Um, you really have to... It, it's bordering on impossible to make it a strafing run because your opponent has to cooperate to some extent and then mm-hmm. it, it may be a, bit, a, a half a photon bomb instead just because you're tagging your own guys it's it does require some extra stuff but it's playable enough i guess yeah at some point in this list i don't remember where we will hit a break point where we go from like these are in the deck but not the the main parts of the deck to okay these are actually (laughs) leading the battle deck like like really really like like so far and i think this is included i think there's there's a way. There's still hoops you have to jump through to make it more powerful, or to make it like a centerpiece of a deck, and and mm-hmm. we'll eventually get to ones that are not that. So. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's mm-hmm. the the bottom half of the top ten list. Like that's gonna happen. Yeah, 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 They're yeah. definitely notable, but not necessarily carrying the set. I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll, let's talk about counter espionage. See if that's one of those cards because this is another one that's similar to, uh, hold the line. I was actively avoiding including under the assumption that once I ran a deck a couple times or a few times, thought about it enough, that counter-espionage would definitely be in the main 40, if not also the sideboard, because there are just too many secret actions, there are too many important things that you need to strip away, I think, for for specific decks, that is. Um, There's very, I mean, I'm always focused with combo in mind so clearly that's a home for it uh and there were a number of others that i had tried that said oh well i know that's a end hostilities i know that's a sabotage armaments i know that's a whatever and it's going to blow me out i'd rather play this than my supercharge into end hostilities you know that sort of thing is this one of the cards that you think is fits that category of you're playing it everywhere in a little while or do you think this is still a a uh the bottom half of the top 10 I think aggressive decks should be playing this pretty universally as at least a one of. I would agree. Um, 
I'm not sure that control decks necessarily need it as a one of. Um, the one thing, the other thing I meant to say at the beginning is um, a lot of these cards are also very powerful out of the sideboard. So, like, that's yes. something to keep in mind. Yeah, like, yeah. we haven't, we haven't, we're actually talking about like purposely playing matches starting soon because we we want to see how powerful these cards are. Like, theoretically, out of when you have a full play set of them, but you don't want to necessarily run that main deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is another one where, I, and luckily because of the fact that it's green doesn't even mean you need to run a full play set. But like as you start to play them more and more, um, it becomes very powerful. Like you said, if you know something's just going to hurt you, you just call that. And if they don't have it, all you're really doing is like it's just an opportunity cost thing. But like if the mm-hmm. opportunity, and I don't, I don't recommend slowing a game down to a glacial pace to try to really think this out. Hopefully, you can just do it on the fly. But like. Like you said, if if your choice was a combat action, but that gets even if it doesn't get fully countered by the secret action, but it like your plays lose value because of it, like it's you have to make a value judgment as to whether or not like if hitting that secret action and getting rid of it is more or less powerful than the card you could play instead. Right. Then this is always going to have upside. I think, like you know, most of the time that's going to happen. But but there's obviously situations where you're like. If I could play this or Reckless Charge and he has armaments and I lose my weapon, it's kind of even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like what you said, like I, th- I think some of the universal ones, like and hostilities and like even hidden fortification and, like you said, combo and a few other ones, I think are are uh, are where this should see a lot of play. And I think it's it's. It's downside of like missing hasn't really even been that big of a deal, and occasionally you can just hit a card out of their hand as well, and you yeah. can always just use it as an espionage too. Yes, like you can. Like I think, and I haven't seen that yet um, in playing because I think, but I think that's another thing that people just aren't doing yet. But I mean, you can yes. just use it as like whatever. Like if you don't want to face this battle card or this upgrade or something like that. Like I mean, a lot of this game is draw cards, play cards, so it's, like, not, like, you're not holding cards, like, counter spells right, right. and things like that, but, like, you certainly could just play it as an espionage, especially if you know they get something back with green or something like that, so. Yeah, those greens, you know. those treasure hunts that they don't play the thing yeah. immediately, whatever, mm-hmm. that, yeah, the espionage factor, I think, will also play in, um, and it is, just, down the line, there will be probably a decision tree for this, like, my initial thought was in your reckless charge example okay well if i have the reckless charge i and i think that's end hostilities it's going to be you know i might be i'm i might be fine assuming my guy is base big enough kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and then it's a matter of okay well if it was supercharged and that's end hostilities that's a blowout uh Mm -hmm. and, and comparatively if it's armaments versus whatever as you're building your deck, you're going to have to take that into consideration for exactly the point you brought up that, you know, you're not sitting there hemming and hawing like I always do in the middle of a match trying to figure out, well, if it's this, then all these things happen, or if it's this, all these things happen, and which is more likely. Um, and then you forget what you were thinking about by the time you get back to the beginning like I do. <laughs> but the fact that you can even make those decisions means that it's a virtual fourth copy of a lot of these cards, which is where, so it's a green fourth copy of a lot of these already powerful cards, which is why I think it's very good. Yes. Even if it's slightly, like, and like a typical green, in those situations, it's slightly less powerful than like all those other options. But, but it's, it's green. It's flexible. So, too. yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's where I think that this is. 
I think looking at it from that perspective is a way to, if people for some reason didn't already think it was really powerful, I think is another way of looking at it from a really, then looking at it like it's really powerful. Right. Well, I think that'll do it for counter-espionage. So let's move to Scouting Mission, which is another seemingly innocuous card that, I mean, we've seen the effect before. There have been plenty of pep talks and pep talk variants. We've seen zaps before. We've seen blue zaps before. But what's different about this one? I mean, we we talked at length about the flexibility, but is that what you've been seeing so far when you've run it, Scott? Yeah, it's just options. Um in the early game, you generally don't want to damage your opponent's guys for one damage and let them draw two cards, but in the late game, you do. So, like, it's really hard for cards to have use in all in all times of the game, and this one does. Um, theoretically, like, I guess you could be totally behind. It's not going to help you all that much, and, like, you don't want to kill off one of your own guys or something like that. But it, it, it theoretically has play in all facets of the game, and that's what I really like about it. Um it the downside of it playing on your own guys is close to negligible and you can make it into a positive with your wind sweepers, your horribles, your energon axes, all those typical things. Um and you know, you still get to draw two cards, you still get to play an upgrade, etc. So um it has a real it has relevant pips, it has multiple pips, which helps um in a lot of situations. Um so yeah, I mean this, and then you can always just zap something um, in the late game, and you know it's usually worth it to get one of your opponent's decent sized characters off the board for and letting them draw two cards. It's kind of innocuous. So right. um, uh, to me, it just has too much universal power. I, I don't know that it's always going to be a three of mm. uh, because honestly, like outside of like combo decks or. Um, so when we last left our intrepid heroes, hopefully I didn't lose too much of this recording. Live stream. Sorry, guys. Um, you were talking about the versatility of scouting mission. So th- to your earlier point, do you feel this falls into, it, based on what you're saying, it sounds like this falls more into the it's nice to have category more so than the the staple category of what we're going to see well, from it going forward. Uh, we haven't had cards in this game that combine that are modular like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know when I was playing Magic way back in the day, when they would take cards like this and take two underpowered effects and put them on the same card but give you the option, the card became very playable. Right. Um, even though it was like you know more expensive than one or the other option, and you know, et cetera, like you know not as efficient as the, the the option, but in this game we haven't had that, so I can only I can only assume from past experiences in other games that this should be powerful based on that that rubric, I guess. Gotcha. Makes sense. We'll have to to see because there definitely are or definitely is a lot of potential in this card moving forward, um, because of all those various options. Plus, the blue blacks seem to be way worse than the orange blacks, and this is one of the better ones. So, yes, I mean, to your point, that's not a very difficult bar to cross. <laughs> but right. It's definitely a very low bar, but quantity-wise mm-hmm. as well. If you want to go this route, you, you're taking whatever you can get. Right. That's and this exactly is certainly right. more playable than than other one other ones. So. Absolutely. 
Uh, so moving from there, let's talk about Camion Crash, where I think if I would venture to guess, this is where we start verging into the, yeah, you're, this is, if, unless you have some kind of strange definition of staple, these are probably staples. Like, Camion yeah. Crash has been in virtually every deck I built, just about. Um, is it every deck? I guess maybe not the Cosmos one, but like, depending on the configuration, you can make an argument for it there. Uh, this, mm-hmm. the card just seems spectacular. Mm-hmm. across all fronts um it sounds like you agree on that yeah i mean i think another subtle thing though is you need a way to combo it like technically mm. I, I mean i guess i guess the pip helps but like it doesn't help that much as a single black but if you have a way to combo it then it's better than just a plasma burst but if you really have no way to combo it plasma burst <laughs> may just arguably well, be better by combo but, it you you basically mean horrible like is there something else you're thinking no about? or energon axe or mm. or any of those damage shifting abilities or anything like that Fair. um um or wanting to get more colors in your in your deck um or having some inborn pierce on guys so you're just adding to that or you know things like that so um with brawn or xyz guy that has pierce or whatever so um yeah yeah I just think there's too many of those things where it's going to see just a tremendous amount of play. But I do think, like, randomly playing it as your just direct damage card of choice is probably, like, with no way to combo it for some weird reason, if that was the case, mm-hmm. I think I think it's not as powerful as, like, One Shell Stand or Plasmaverse in that sense. Yeah. But there's just too many ways of comboing it where that is the case yeah you almost have to go out of your way to not have the availability for some way shape or form because yeah a lot of the cards that want you to do these things or want these specific or this specific pip are some of the premier cards in the set or thing premier lists that are coming out um yeah it just seems surprisingly obvious I guess, given the context of the rest of the set. Yeah. Um, so, it, as strange as it may sound, there's I don't know if there's much else to say about it, so we'll talk about Belligerence and its counterpart, End Hostilities. We'll probably bounce between the two, but they, they're they kind of opposite sides of the same coin, <laughs> for obvious reasons. So, are these, I mean, I've been blown out by End Hostilities. I haven't been blown out by Belligerence yet. Uh, I fully anticipate that I will in the near future at some point. Uh, are they living up to the hype for you, Scott? These are the cards I mentioned earlier about the ones that I think will see the most play on the list. Yeah. Um, especially if we're looking at them together, because although I have seen decks with both, and I do think that there is a place for both of them to see play um, in the same deck. Um, I just don't think that they're... I don't know. They're not deck-defining as much as the two cards above them, I think, but I think there's only two cards above them. More, I mean, I there, there, there's a few, but the, uh, okay. the thing is, is that I wouldn't expect them to be. It's like saying that mm-hmm. Hidden Fortifications is deck-defining. I mean, right. I guess it is because it... It shores up the archetype of control, but it's not, I'm building an end hostilities deck. It's just a really strong card. 
Yeah, the thing I will say is that I expect heavy blue decks can play belligerence easier than heavy orange decks can play in hostilities. But I, as I say that, I'm not sure that's true. I just think it's true. Um, well, I, but, I've definitely thought of more scenarios where I, as the blue deck, run belligerence in order to do or accomplish X, even beyond things as simple as, yeah, I'm pushing more damage in the mirror. Right. Uh, there right. are other, whether it's galaxy, well, you'd need both for galaxy triggers, but um, you need, there are other scenarios that are escaping me at the moment, which is a little embarrassing, but I had a number of them <laughs> in my head coming into the show and then uh, Ob's messing up, screwed <laughs> me up. So there are scenarios where you're going to want to do it. I agree about the other end to some extent. I could see it possibly breaking. Like if you already had a, and I'm trying to think of what aggressive character would already have inborn tough or something, you know, they would let you break parity that way kind mm -hmm. of thing so that you could just pop this out of the board to try and just mess up their wheel turn sort of thing. It's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to get that guy and this guy. No, you're not, sort of thing. And then that right. totally, it, right. it breaks serve and then turns the game on its head. This would allow you to do that. I don't know that flipping, like, I don't know if the swing is going to be enough in orange matchups, given that if they just play a reckless charge, it, it's, again, base attack versus them going bold 50,000. Yeah, but what this, these both these cards do is... If they are seeing a lot of play, they're meta-defining yes. for those reasons that you said. So, yep. like, if you're, I mean, I'm not one of these players, but, like, I have seen people prefer Supercharge over Reckless Charge. I'm not one of these people. Um, but That seems suspect. <laughs> I, I mean, there's people that don't like downside effects and don't like I, those types of things. Well, I get but, not like, liking bolting your guy, but... I, I do like giving my guy plus four attack. I'll tell you that <laughs> yes, much. <laughs> um, so, and and on the flip side, like it, there is no equivalent of getting a bunch of tough. Um, because there's nothing that like, there's no secret action that gives your guy like plus three defense till end of turn or something like that. Like mm -hmm. they're all upgrades. Yeah. Um, so I do think out of the board in orange matchups, this would just. The problem with an hostilities in an orange deck is that you're not actually stopping the attack. You're basically just stopping the flipping and the bold. Yes. So you basically would have to be in a situation where you're a bold deck, they're a bold deck, and you're willing to like just take the base printed damage. Again, like you said, assuming there's no reckless charge um, mm. or other effects. I can't think of many other ones, but like that, like orange based combat effects yeah, yeah so like the the power of an hostilities though is as a blue player like you still get your blues and they don't get their orange so it's like it's it's almost like a plus four defense at like at yeah. minimum yeah um so an orange on orange that won't actually happen like they'll still attack for like let's say five and you'll still defend for say two so you'll take three but like you're not gonna blank their entire attack Right. Um, whereas it, whereas on the on the blue side, if you play belligerence, all your blues that you're flipping now become oranges, and all their blues that they're flipping become blanks. Yeah. So at that point, like you actually are net positive 
So the, the two situations, it seems to be the, like, Belligerent should see you play in both decks because you're a net positive in both situations. Mm-hmm. And in hostilities is really only a net positive in a blue deck, but I could possibly see it's like a weirder, it's like a slightly better hold the line without without green. Yeah. In for for orange deck. So I can see the situation there, but like I mean, these cards are super powerful. So I mean, given the prevalence of bold now, uh, not just mm-hmm. from combat effects, but also inborn on characters. I know I've been very excited in the past about both the Sky Shadow Plane and especially Fangry, as many people mm-hmm. are. We do have a plethora of characters that go into the, the orange v. orange matchup. It, I guess it would be very telegraphed if you played a secret action, although maybe not because some of these are trying to use even the score or something like that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But you could bring this out of the board and then chew up their innate bowl. Like you can really mess with people's math. And that's the thing is it's, it's going to take time to figure out exactly what the appropriate line of play is. And then what the expected damage is to define whether to your point, this is actually getting you anywhere um, in the, those orange matchups. Cause yeah, it, it is a swing. It just may not be enough because if you're a, a 13 health character or a whatever health character does taking four less damage on attack number one matter for attack number two or is it just they're going to do a billion on attack number two so who cares you know like it, all the overkill that's going to be there anyway yeah i mean the big thing is you need to look at it like characters are inborn like they aren't for a lot of characters, they aren't going out of their way to basically print them with better stats for their cost. Mm. Like, there are way less crankcases and pounces of the world than there are fangreeds, wheeljacks, etc. guys that get bold. So, like, I do think the, the, an aggressive meta will, will be hurt by this card in the mirror. Mm. Um, I mean, it'll be hurt by the, the this card in control decks, too, so that oh, may... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. it, to that point, it may just inherently suppress that idea as a whole because it's not just half the meta is running this and it's like, all right, I got to work my way around the control decks. It's, well, if opposing aggro decks do this and they are higher base stats, like you said, the the pounces, the crankcases, I mean, not necessarily those guys, but that sort of thing where it's just, I have a bigger number with a sword next to it as compared to... I have a ton of bold. It's more arguments against the bold base decks, I guess. Yeah, and 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 I'll be curious to see if that is the case. Um, I mean, this is this is we talked about counter espionage earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a case for that card. Um, and I, I we were probably talking. I might just be talking too much about like the universality of these cards as opposed to. They're just really powerful when they're used in the right situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really hurt characters that are perceived to be powerful because characters that are perceived to be powerful from a stat perspective are oftentimes that because they feature bold or tough. Yeah, because you and assume when, you're going to have it and right. may not. <laughs> and when you take that away from them, like they're they're way less powerful. And I yeah. think that's a huge distinction that um, some of these characters have to have. Absolutely. Do you... Question I have for you on this. Do you feel that the prevalence of the orange-black pip cards that we were talking about earlier or just the general idea of 
decks leaning more into innate pierce via the black pips does that devalue these in your eyes at all do you care no not at all um it only hurts it these all these cards are inbornly hurt when you play a mirror mm. so belligerence against other orange decks or and hostility against other blue decks you're already hurt in that situation anyway and that's usually where things are showing up like even in Again, unless it's a dedicated orange black deck with like you know massive bold enablers, pairing one to one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where it might matter a little bit more. But in general, like I've just seen that the the issue is it's you're still shutting down a large part of it, and that's really all that matters. Mm-hmm. And you're shutting down the important part of it. So that's where I've I've seen that it matters gotcha. most. Makes sense to me. I mean, it was something that I had been mulling around is obviously with specific focus on end hostilities that, okay, maybe these bold decks have to go in that direction because otherwise they just get demolished by this card. Whereas if they they can hit that pairing of black and orange that it's, okay, well, yeah, my, my ceiling is obviously lowered, but a Fangry with bold X that's flipping enough black pips, at least he's getting in for Y damage, you know, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll be, I'm very curious how this is going to play out. And there, there's a lot of ramifications, even outside the obvious of just play belligerence against blue things, play end hostilities against orange things. Yeah. But I just think, I think a lot of the, assuming decks stay heavily one color or the other, um, even if not, but like, I think you will see a lot of these cards as one to two of the main deck. But I do think, regardless you, the sideboards will be filled with these cards yeah Belligerence, so i do think definitely end hostilities i guess i don't know do you would you want to go out if is it worth eating up the sideboard slots if if it isn't again it, it'll be contingent on or at least i think it'll be contingent on is there a ton of bold or is it just i have enough reckless charge effects and high enough attack stats i think if somebody can find a way to play to like make use of Ghost Shield and Aggro decks, then I think this becomes way more powerful. If that like if that makes any sense. And hostilities gets more powerful because of Ghost Shield. Yeah. Yeah. Because be, be, so like a, a tank deck would really like this out of the sideboard for other aggro matchups, for example. I mean, there are a lot of arguments for <laughs> to for try and make tanks work, but Yeah. We'll, it's subtle. We'll I think looking. it's subtle things like that that have that have to come to the forefront. Like if you, mm. if you, if you're playing a bunch of armors that that are on color, big number, big static numbers, and then you can play a card that basically shuts down all your opponent's flip potential. Yeah, a you're, base you're six doing everything. Lord Megatron or something like that is right. Yeah. So it's like if this is your only blue. Pre-board, post-board, whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. If, like, like a smattering of them. Um, but you have to find a way to, to, to get inborn large numbers on the defensive end, and that, mm-hmm. that, that just, I mean, it's not hard. It's the hoop you have to just jump through is find a way to make Go Shield work, which isn't on this list, I might add. But. Well, again, that fits <laughs> into the uh, probably only going to be yeah. in specific things. Um, right. Right, so. Totally. totally. So we'll move on from the pairing there to Spy Master's Ruse, which has definitely shot up 
on my personal list that like maybe I would have rearranged these differently for me personally, but it's easier just do it with the one. Um, sure. Spy Master's Ruse has been shown to be way more powerful. Maybe not way more. I simultaneously like expected it to be good and it's turning out better. And the, the thing I'm waffling between is like, is it way better than I thought? Or is it just better than I thought? And because it has these cool scenarios, it's like, wow, I was so wrong. It's way, way better. I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely pretty strong. And I know you've had some success already with it, Scott. So tell us about this particular card. The reason why I think it's it's way better is because, and this isn't you. This this is just this is just I think deck building in general at the beginning of a set is. Well, we've gravitated towards I want to play hidden fortifications because it always has a use. For example, mm-hmm. um, whereas like if I drop an armament, they don't drop a weapon. It's not as good, right? Um, if if I drop the stable cover and they're not playing Pierce, it's not as good, like etc. Um so most of our decks now are like, you know, start with three hidden fortifications and then move into other like wave four decks, that's the way they were built. Mm-hmm. Um relying more heavily on hidden fortifications than on sabotage armaments or other ones, for example. So now you have a situation where Yes, Hidden Vortications is very powerful, still always has universal use, again, except for the belligerence discussion that we just had. Yeah. Or, or didn't have. Um, <laughs> but using belligerence as the example. Yes, um, yeah. And then on the flip side, this card gives way more universal use to and hostilities, to sabotage armaments, to these cards that are already going to see powerful play to begin with that are essentially time-walking your opponent. Yeah. Um, in a lot of situations, shutting down their entire turn for a lot of situations. Now you get to do that whenever you want, and if your opponent doesn't for some reason play into you because they fear the secret action, they have they no choice now. Yeah, they can't just they, wait they, it they out. They can't avoid that. Um, so that's one part of it. The second part of it is this card is insane with Heroic Resolve. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's That's where I have found that like that's the combo that I think is like is pretty game changing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that combo right there? This is green. If you are playing specialist, it's a triple pip card. Um, so even something like and again, I haven't been able to find room for a lot of it, but like concealing contrails really likes this card, and it is a secret action also. So there's 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 that. Um, it, it's it's just extremely powerful. Like you're the the quote card disadvantage you can even make into like in your favor with um certain effects that like you want to have less cards in your hand and things like that. Like there's ways of even like I guess making that not a negative. The only bad thing about this card is sometimes you just draw it when you don't draw a secret action and then it kind of just sits there. But like I mean, there's a lot of cards that you could just say just sit there. Yeah, and it's not that big of a deal. Um. I haven't tried the bolster thing yet, mm-hmm. um, but that's another one that, that you know can just sit there for a long time. There are we've talked about it in the past. Like there's clearly two, at least two characters out there that really want secret actions to just sit and play, and this just allows for that. Yep. Um, 
So, like, this is extremely powerful with Nitrate, this is extremely powerful with Pounce. Um, but I, I think as... If you have a deck that doesn't focus on one of those characters, and I, I think it's going to be difficult in Nitrate's case, but, like, if for some reason you have a deck that doesn't feature either one of those characters, I think this is, in a typical control deck, you should still play this as a one-of, because it's a very powerful effect that you can get as a green. Um, the black pit may be relevant. Oh, the, the 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 other subtle thing this also does is something like I know we keep talking about it, but like something like horrible. Suddenly, you get to play a secret action, which technically has no pips as a black. Mm. So now you actually get to combo horrible with playing a secret action, which is pretty cool interaction. Yeah, there. Um, or detritus and things like that. So, like, there, there. That that to me is all. That to me is pretty cool. Also, like, you you basically add a color to what was otherwise a colorless play. Um, it's just it's just very powerful. Like the, it's a skill. It's a skill testing card because now you get to choose. Um, I I also have not played this yet with jam signals or, um, infiltrate. Or infiltrate, um, and I still know how. I still think there's ways to get, like, end hostilities is essentially infiltrate. Like, let's be honest. Like, except for again, except for the reckless charge example. Yeah, yeah. Like, it basically is like. And again, I haven't played with sideboards. So, like, if you if you were to put some of these other secret actions, like especially stable cover, infiltrate, jam signals, things like this, in your sideboard, and you had this card main deck. You're just raising the power level of those cards to very high levels. It makes those counter espionage card names much more difficult, <laughs> much yep, more complicated. There, there, yeah, there, there's that also. Yeah. So one of, the, point. one of the things that I think you were alluding to that I wanted to circle back to is um, it, it, it's weird to look at a card that's effectively uh, card disadvantage because you know you're sending sure. two cards in for one, but it it frees up. Maybe it's not weird to look at it this way, but it frees up tempo to some ex- extent because mm-hmm. whereas previously it's, oh, I want to get in with my Galaxy Prime. I want to get in with my Shockwave. I want to get in with my whatever big focal point character is, but then they're just going to tee off on them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to play that armament. You want to play that Hidden Fortifications or whatever on that turn. It now allows you to do something hypothetically more relevant because you can preload your armaments, your end hostilities, your whatever, and then, okay, now I can play the burn card. I could play a card draw. I could play uh, a double up on secret actions, whatever, on the big guy turn so that that way you aren't necessarily... Because I've played a bunch of control decks where it's like, man, I really wish I could do this and this, but I have to sequence it this way, and this allows you to have more flexibility in those turns. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. Like that that you're it's like you don't the easy example for I think for most people to grasp if if that seems tough for you is like you play the weapon or the armor before you attack. A turn a full turn before you attack. And it's not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So and you don't my point is you don't do that very often like you don't you don't throw away your upgrade play for the turn because you usually play on the character that's more going to be attacking right um but like this allows you to essentially do that for secret actions 
Right. Like you like you were saying. Like if if the character attacking doesn't need some other card, then like you said, you just save this to help the character that matters. Exactly. And you and, can Oh god, sorry. No, and this is where the pounces and night tracers go up in even more value because Exactly. They they also get a benefit out of it. <laughs> oh, so. by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm I'm a seven attack dude <laughs> right by the way i also just like got plus to attack for helping my guy seems two good from now you know like so that seems seems like a good friend to have <laughs> yeah yeah um mm-hmm. yeah so spy master's ruse definitely like i started out with it it jumped up it was one of those that when we first saw it i think this is where i was going with earlier is that it's so unique and so different that mm-hmm. it was like okay this has to be good right and then now it's realizing okay it is really that good and it it does some of these other things that we hadn't considered before because it's so new and unique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of other games for cards like secret actions, this is actually the way they work. Mm. They don't go away like an intern a lot of times. So in a lot of them. Yeah. So like this is, I guess makes it more normalized. So people might get used to like, it might be a way for them to, to easy to understand from that perspective. Right. Right. So, let's talk about one of the other ones that you were alluding to earlier, and that's, excuse me, uh, Magnetic Dysfunction Ray, which is, I guess, the true strafing run, um, and definitely yeah, sure. when it's a one-sided photon bomb, well, I guess it's not really one-sided, but y- you get the point. Like, when you tag mm-hmm. two points of damage on the other side instead of one, it feels real good, uh, and feels even yeah. better with Horrible, I would imagine. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it's really good there. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, do you think, based on what you've seen so far, that... I mean, obviously, hitting Autobots on your opponent's side is better, but like, does that influence your consideration at all about playing Team Red? Like, Or is it just, if this is going to happen, I'm going to have to deal with it? I think the low health Autobots are may get pushed out of the meta because of this card. Hmm. So, your RCs, your the meta, your, the, the meta. I mean, <laughs> I I know I where mean, you're going with this. Like like the over like the, the existing. Let's just say yes. Meta. Let's feel like let's just say existing. Well, um, like let's take a, a more recent example with Braun, um, because it, since you mentioned RC, same health, yeah, yeah. not the same mm-hmm. effective health, but whatever. Do you feel that this hurts him enough that he has lost stock? No, because he has two defense. Okay. So, like, there's a chance that, like, in a blue deck, he would at least defend for enough. Mm. Um, it doesn't help. I, I, I agree there. Um, but, like, your offer of patrols of the world, really, this is really bad for them. Yeah. Well, um, they, they're going to have a bad day in a few minutes, too. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> your. Trying to think. Like, your skydive. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of this card. Um, aerial bots. Aerial bots is, still occasionally is... saw play in the meta. Not a fan of this card. No, uh, that's going to um, be a bad day for them. <laughs> uh, I mean, I photon think... bomb was the thing against them before. That's just yeah, right. Um, I'm trying to think who the who skydive is a big one that gets really hurt by this card. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So, like, any of the aerial bots in that sense. I'm trying to think if there's any, like... Like, the other... The other, the other Autobots see a lot of play are, like, Battlemasters, and they 
don't really care about this card because they don't really care about getting KO'd. Yeah. Um, um, like your Sentinels really don't like this card because they're kind of under hit pointed to begin with. Mm. Um, if Hot Rod like wasn't pushed out as the seven drop to begin with, he's definitely pushed out now. Yep. Um, so I think that's I think that's the big thing is a lot of those fringe characters are just now completely pushed out in my opinion. Yeah. To your point about the battle masters, I was thinking about in the context of combo, and it gets obviously weird there, but there are scenarios where no, you need that fire drive to actually soak an attack. And like, mm-hmm. if you go second and they choose to punch fire drive, they can follow it up with this. So not only damaging the remainder of the team and shrinking the clock, they kill off fire drive potentially out of combat sort of thing. Um, it can get sticky real quick. Um, yeah, I, I mean... Go ahead. It, one damage seems like not a lot, but then two damage is like tremendous. Yes. What about three damage? How does, how does three damage sound? <laughs> three three damage is a ton, but... Because um, <laughs> three, when you... That, that horrible play is like... I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. But, and it gives you, like, it gives you, again, like, we've talked about a lot of self-damaging cards on here, and this is this is another one that, like, really makes powerful use of that. Mm. Um, so, this is, to me, tons better than uh, the other one. Precision Fire? Yeah. Um, because you're always doing damage to every single target, like even if it's your own, and then you have the potential of doing even more. Right. Um, Again, it's so the like symmetry. Is, you're prepared that you're going to be taking damage. You're you're setting yeah. your opponent up for failure. Like this is above both Kimmy and Crash and Precision Fire because it's better than both of them because it's it does both of them. So like, mm. you know, like that's where I think that this is so powerful. Like it. Against Autobots, it is just a Kamian crash, other than it damages more of your guys. Well, like, if, I wa- target- if I had the option to play, like, four Kamian crashes in a turn, <laughs> I'd right, probably right. do it. I'm just saying. Right, 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 exactly. So, like, you're getting multiple Kamian crashes out of the deal. Right. Um. So, this is higher on the list because it's it combines multiple cards on the list into one. Mm-hmm. Has relevant pips. Um. Has... Tremendous sideboard use, obviously. Yeah. Um, if not, but then it has tremendous mainboard, especially if you have a way to combo it. But it just, just aggro decks in general, I think will mm. just want this regardless. So, see, um, the complaint you know, I, I have. Oh, god, sorry. No, I just think it's super powerful. So, oh, absolutely. The, the only complaint I have about it is it should have had a green pip on it so that we can have that that purple season, just like we did with press the advantage. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> just, just completely push out Team Red for a while, and uh, it'll be Decepticons left and right. Um, but it, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it with Shockwave yet either. But I assume it's really powerful there. I would imagine that it's going to be. I mean, it does a number of different positive things for that deck. Yeah, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's extremely powerful there. Yeah. It's funny, Shockwave as a whole felt like it got a whole lot of, I mean, a lot of decks got a whole lot of toys, obviously, but Shockwave felt like it ended up with an inordinate amount of additional toys, and I wonder if it's at the point of, okay, how do you stuff them all in? Right. And and does that spawn 
different flavors of shockwave, like wildly different flavors where it's okay, you're doing this plan versus that plan. Uh, even though they, they base themselves around the same primary character, but we'll see if that shapes up. Yeah, this this card is, is very powerful. I do think it'll... It, it, I mean, it may it may push Autobots out for a while. I don't know, but I don't think it'll push, like, the ones that have a zillion health, like oh. XYZ Optimus Prime, but, like, yeah. it'll it'll... It's half an energy pack, so, I mean, like, you know, it's not... Yeah, it it does. I would anticipate that the partners and they probably were already shifting for those decks just by virtue of, well, Night Racer's pretty good or, you know, other seven drops that were replacing Hot Rod like you were talking about that with all these additional alternatives, people were probably already inclined to change things up a little bit for the 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 wingman kind Mm -hmm. of scenario. And this is just going to help light the spark kind of thing yeah yeah i think this is just this will see a lot of play it's very powerful yeah only an uncommon though so i'm sure you're disappointed uh <laughs> look i saw a lot of uncommon so it's all good <laughs> so we're gonna close up so is the next so is the next card yeah yeah uh, <laughs> we're gonna close up with tripwire which as you've aptly described has been a time walk so I'm going to throw some questions at you as we get into I didn't into say that. I said, I said I had two words, one with a T and one with a W. Fair. Ironically, but yes. Time Twister. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's not Time Twister. It's not. Yes. <laughs> We're going to play 20 questions, is it? No. Yeah. Uh, so tell, before I ask any questions or, or play devil's advocate for anything, um, explain to people why this falls into that category because – it doesn't, we even said this when it first was revealed, it's not a whole lot of text. It's like, oh, I get their little guy out of the way. I zap him or zap whoever. Who cares? I think this, even people that recognize this may be strong, maybe undervaluing it, understating the power level. Why is this so impactful? Because of the way the game operates. Um... The only way it's to axiomatic. take a turn, yeah, because the only way to take a turn is to have untapped characters. Yes, and so when you when you and because of the way combat works, where you can, you know, unless everyone is ready, untapped, you can you can only attack tapped characters. Um, having seen the meta shift at times to having essentially like one tall decks with thrust and things like that, the power of the power of giving your opponent less turns to work with is huge, especially in like control mirrors or just so like that. So in control mirrors, it's huge to not give your opponent as many turns to act in, mm-hmm. in aggro decks that are susceptible to this. It's just takes away an entire turn from them. So, like, a wide aggro deck just completely loses its advantage of being able to attack you four or five times when you take an attack away from them and take an entire turn, draw, upgrade play, action play away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Which can also hurt, again, like, the flip sequence of some of the other characters that might exist in a deck like that. absolutely. Um, It still does damage. Uh, So, yeah, this is just... And I know, I know. If you're not going to make the arguments as to where it's where it can hurt you, 
I can, but so I'll let you do that, and we'll we'll see if we have well, the same reasons why it's not always as powerful. But when it is powerful, it is. Well, one of the questions I was going to ask was, let's say, yeah, and the the video, the stream at least blew up, so the encoding is imploding. Hopefully, this is still recording locally, and it's not <laughs> going to uh, bust my chops on that front. It's because of the double camera thing, uh, and there it comes back. Because the encoding okay. finally caught up. It's going to die again momentarily. So when the stream hits this. Uh, the question I was going to ask you for this is. Let's say you have an equal number of characters. It's three on three control deck. Do you feel mm-hmm. that it is still as valuable there? Or so is them. Is your opponent losing the turn there. Impactful enough to justify spending half your turn tapping their flame war, for example. Yes, because you're going to expose their main character sooner than they probably want to. And potentially Possibly. in a different mode. And, and potentially in a... A lot of heavy, large guy control decks, which we would affectionately call like the one tall decks, like decks that revolve around the large character, mm-hmm. want that character to be flipping. So if you... The biggest... The biggest one, like, like this certainly hurts Jetfire more than it does Galaxy Prime, for example. Like, if you... Yeah. If you... If you tap one of... Like, if they're playing 3-wide Jetfire and you tap one of the airstrike guys that's with them, like, you just cost them a flip. Or force their action for that turn to be, like, an escape route or some flip effect. And that is... That is, like, tremendous value. Um, because they can't get from bot from alt to bot back to back to. If I decide to leave in all the nonsense, we'll see about the stream dying repetitively. But before it started to implode on us, we were talking about uh, whether in say three wide versus three wide blue matchups, whether tripwire really matters because those turns that the the little guys take aren't that impactful as far as the, the cards you play. Now, with Spymaster's Ruse, it changes things, but usually it's just, I, I'm playing some sort of setup. You want to really make sure that you're loading up on the turn that your big guy gets in. It's also not outside the norm to have your big guy be your second attacker. Do you feel that that's not the case, or how how do you see that scenario playing out? Um... So in a lot of those decks, the right play is to start to load up the big guy on those turns because the other characters don't matter. Right. So, like, the correct play is to play the energy pack, play the armor, play the play the weapon that you can replace, like, whatever. Um, but, like, there's other plays, like, I'm going to put Arm Hovercraft on this character over here, or I'm going to put a Javelin on this character over here. Those plays go away. Um, the other thing is... I'm going to get some greens out of combat. You're now getting less access to greens. Yes. Um, this, this, I think if you were to play a deck that hypothetically was heavily affected by this card, mm-hmm. you're going to like, you're going to be like, I lose attacks. I lose this. I lose that. But you lose so many of these other things. Mm-hmm. So like, like I said, you lose access to greens. You lose access to additional plays. You lose smoothing. You you lose the 
I, I, I've talked about this before. I forget what I called it. Like, like you lose, you lose these free plays. You lose these cards that you can just. I forget when I talked about. I talked about this in an article I think a long time ago about like what the Matrix does. Like you can just play the Matrix, right? Like because you're putting it on this character that's not attacking yet, but it helps everybody else. Yeah. So it's like it's it's it's, it's like it's a, a turn play. Yeah, like a supporting card. You lose the complete ability to play any supporting card when this card gets played by your opponent. Like the, the cards like that go down in value because now suddenly by losing that turn of that innocent turn play where that character is going to get helped anyway. Mm. Now suddenly you, you get in that situation like you were saying earlier, like about other cards, like do I want to do X or do I want to do Y? And so that, that, that goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's extremely powerful. Like just, just very, very, very powerful. Like you can chain, it changes their attack order. You can control the wheel turns to your heart's desire. Um, it it really hurts like Galaxy Prime getting in there with Flame War third. Um, it actually costs you a Prime flip in that situation, which means it could yes. cost you a card. Um, I don't know if it got recorded or not about like you. It really hurts Jetfire tremendously. Yes. Um, I. There's a couple of things I don't know about this card. One, will it force guys that cost five or less out of the meta? Um, I think the answer to that is if it's not Night Tracer, I would argue yes. Um, that's how powerful I think it is because I think it'll yeah. be. I think if you're not playing three of these in your fifty card list in either a mixed pip or a blue deck, you're wrong. Um, and I've seen orange decks like run armed hovercraft against quote mirrors. Um, so why would you not just run this instead or in addition to? Yeah. Um, it certainly breaks serve there. Like, it, yeah, it totally rearranges how the combat works. I don't know if I go as far as to say that it would push them out entirely outside of night bracer. And I know you're not being especially literal about it, but I think just the way star costs are going to break down is that, five stars or smaller are going to still end up existing in some way unless the the variability of the titan master star cost allows you to shore up well i have x stars left over kind of thing because um, i think just having the body okay they have tripwire like it's in their deck but if i'm playing galaxy yeah gotta run it you know what i mean like there are ones that are or do you think that this kills galaxy because it's going to negatively impact that deck so bad when you get flame war trip wired or something i don't think it'll hurt it to that extent but it is very very hurt by it i think you have and i think you have to live in a world where you understand that yeah i mean there um, i guess that would there's going to be some percentage of games where you get blown out by this, which kind of sucks, but what are you going to do if you're going to play that deck? It's you're rolling the dice to some extent. It's not a green, so it's not as though they're going to have it all the time, but sometimes they're going to have it. (laughs) Like, I think, I think this, I think, I think this pushes, that's why I think Night Racer is better than Flame War. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Because if you're the flip flame were to get her effect and then she gets tapped at some point during a cycle, you're basically just getting a really bad armor across her board, like because she literally loses all other use. Yeah. Um but like in a Galaxy Prime example, if you can flip him on one instead of flipping Flame War on one, you can still get your flip sequence. Well, can you? No, because you they, they would tripwire one of them. Like you get in with Night yeah. Racer, they tripwire the other one. You'd end up attacking in alt mode in that scenario. Would you? Yeah. But you'll get it. You'll get it, I guess, next wheel. So you'd still, well, I guess it's possible to play where they, you can still get in there second and then basically either sit there in alt mode until the wheel or like you, you still get in there in, in bot mode. Like you're not going to, he usually attacks second anyway, but yeah. like, so, so you can guarantee that he'll get the flip off at some point. So it's not as bad there um, because you'll get the flip at some point. You might just lose, like, if you lose, like, if you go five drop, turn one, you go flip Optimus to bot mode, get in there with the other five drop, then you get in there with Optimus in the bot mode, prepared to flip back next turn, which is what you would do anyway. Mm-hmm. If they take that turn away from you, you still get it. So, like, you're not really losing much. But if you did that with, I, I guess, Flame War wouldn't matter in that situation either, because you could just do the same thing. I don't know. But it's not. So I guess it's not as bad. But uh, but I think Night Tracer is still better mm. in that situation. The so the argument I have here with in that three wide blue versus three wide blue scenario is that the tripwire player is losing almost as much because of the turn contraction. So like you still have to, um, <clears throat> you had to play the card obviously, but then you're also going to end up losing the extra turn because that now you wheel so your big guy and your other little guy have to get in on the same turn because they have less untapped guys if you go second right and that's where it's one of the arguments i was going to make against it when obviously we were hyping this thing up and i'm watching the stream die again so i hope the recording's working um but i think i think you're exposing their guy so if you go first, it's insane because you're exposing their guy before they want to. Mm. Um, and that this turn, like this turns games completely around. Like you, even just playing it once changes the entire attack sequence for the rest of the game. Right. Um, so there's that factor as well. Um, the one situation where I have which is why I actually think it's in the set and actually has not come into play very often is the Titan Master pops off and then you tripwire it. Because that almost never... You can just never have that happen because they usually just attack with the Titan Master right away anyway. So, like, you're... Right. So So it is possible, like, that this card could be meted out but I don't I, I I don't think that going into the set that's going to be the case. But like I do be, I, I do believe that like I mean I guess there are situations where you're like, okay, so Parsec still gets in, I don't get to deny them a turn, but like at that point it's just a zap and you just take them out anyway. And there's nothing right, wrong right. with that. Which I think is part of the point. Like this card is never quote bad, although zap is just not interesting, but I 
it's it's still the best blue zap in my opinion, no matter how you slice it. I guess you can make a, like it's still by a wide still better than right. So like the downside is I'm just a blue zap. The upside is I just time walk my opponent. Seems like, like a good trade. <laughs> and 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 there there's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what's really powerful with this card. There's there's no middle ground. You're either doing something that I guess you'd have to be forced to because it's the only card left in your hand or it's the only action in your hand. And like I don't think you would actually do it in this situation, but like you have to be in a situation where you have no way of do, doing anything else and you're just using it as a blues app. That's absolute worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And absolute both best case scenario is you're taking a turn away from your opponent, which is like ridiculous. Yeah, that seems so, pretty wild. Um again, like I would like to play more games in full-on matches where I have full play sets of these against decks that are already vulnerable to this, but I just believe that like I believe this completely negates airstrike. I believe this completely this this insecticons cannot exist with this card existing in the meta. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just over for them. Fortunately. So yeah, if you lose your best attacker or the important wall character to a lot of different things, like, yeah, it's it, it was looking grim for them to begin with given all of the vulnerabilities Scrapnel has just with the way the shape, this set has been shaping mm-hmm. up. Uh, this might, if it should be the nail on the coffin. I... I think it'll live on in spirit in other four wide or five wide, whatever decks. But yeah, this is, this is real bad for them. Yeah, this is real bad for them. Real bad for sorry, real bad for. I still, I think it's 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 real bad for Jetfire. It's real bad for yeah. for three wide Jetfire. It's real bad for um, Shockwave. If they play the two fives in the stratagem, it's bad for him. Um, I'm trying to he's another flip. He's, he's another flip intensive character. That's, that's why I brought him up. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Does it? I mean, you won't. It's obvious for him too. But yeah, well, any of these blue decks are are going to be running this for all the aforementioned yeah, yeah. reasons. So, um, tripwire should and from what I've seen already, <clears throat> excuse me, been on the receiving end of it. It it already is making a large impact, a large splash so far. So. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> any other points that we missed before we close up shop, Scott? No, like I said, a lot of these cards um, are situationally powerful, but are very game-changing when their effects uh, do go off. I think a lot of the... There are also a lot of silver bullet type cards that we did not mention mm-hmm. that um, would see tremendous sideboard play, but they are literally like hundred percent silver bullets against just one specific um, situation. So, like your um, speed traps, your reflect damage, your um, and spy master druze gives them all a lot more play. So, yeah, the the armor that like prevents direct damage or whatever they keep you know, uh, hollow matter avatar, hol- hollow yeah, matter, yeah, that other. thing. Um, cards like that, I think are sideboard only cards a lot of the times and so like I think they have like literally no chance of seeing main deck play so there there's that aspect of it mm-hmm. um uh you know to me there's still ghost shield there's still 
like I said, there's still tribal pips, things like that. There's other cards I have not even played with or even tried, like Headbutt. Yeah. Um, that I just have no experience whatsoever if, if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like a sideboard card for me for now. but Yeah, I can see similar to Tripwire. Um, I mean, I really wanted it to early on when we saw Skull Smasher get revealed that if there were enough low costs that it's okay, I just have a ton of tap effects and try and do something there. Uh, I don't know exactly where Headbutt wants to be right now, given the the Titan Masters that we have at this stage. I think the car, I think the where I really want to try that is against Sky Shadow decks. If I can deny them one of the pieces attacking, then the deck becomes a lot... Um, it loses a lot of its inborn tremendous advantage that it already has, let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah, so I if I that. can if I can use a a horrible to expose a piece and then take it out with a fangry, like I'm that's probably bad for them. Especially I would think they're an yeah. orange deck, so yeah. But they it, the issue is going to be you're giving up your attack, uh mm-hmm. having the appropriate combination. Like there are some again, some hoops to jump through, but it could be a blowout against specific matchups. It, so. it takes what is already a, like in that example. I think it's a very powerful strategy and knocks it down a peg. And that's what I, if I can get that out of, a, out of a battle card that looks like it's not very good, then that's certainly where I want to be. But like right. to be honest, like the thing with that card is like ten is just an awkward number. It basically just means you're tapping other Titan Masters a lot of times. Yeah, so. and maybe not. Oh, even. Wait, actually, I'm sorry. Sky Shadow is not even is immune to it. So never mind. You can't tap all moves. Well, they have to be in bot mode I on headbutt. So. Oh boy, I th- I'm pretty sure. Awkward. I don't have it in front of me, <laughs> so I I don't know. I thought it. I had just assumed it was that. That would be real bad. Uh, I can't even ask chat right now to confirm. Yes, Damn. it has to be in bot or body mode. Oh boy. Well, I guess you have to. Yes, you have to be one. You have to be in body mode, and they have to be in bot or body mode. I mean, I get it. Flavor wise, strike strike all that. Strike all that. uh, Okay, we'll move on from (laughs) headbutt. We'll close up. Uh, (laughs) So those are the battle cards. We'll be back in the future with uh, well, some more takes on on the new set because there's still a lot of things but as we mentioned in previous shows if you want to catch us playing live you can hit up the vector sigma youtube channel uh it's tuesdays and wednesdays at the moment i'm gonna hope that i can figure out how to stabilize the stream for our show and we'll go from (laughs) there but as always everyone thank you for listening thank you for watching and please tune in next time for more tech talk